Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Sunday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is November 29th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I am uh, I'm doing all right. I I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm I'm excited to watch Mitch Trubisky uh play quarterback tonight. Is that wow. <laughs> wow. Quite a declaration here at the top. Uh is that real? You are excited. Cautiously optimistic. <laughs> I mean, he I don't think it could be any worse than, than what we've been seeing the last few weeks. Yeah. The Broncos could use Mitch. I'll tell you that right now. They have no quarterbacks, apparently. All four. What a, what a mess. I know. Well, so just as a point of order, uh, we are recording this early Sunday, early-ish Sunday. We had no Friday show. Uh, this will be a short one. Famous last words. A quick one. We're going to go over the, the match, the strategic alliance between the uh, the golf organizations on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, what else? A few other odds and ends, some news. And then we have a spotlight sponsored by Rucket coming Monday. We'll release that Monday, likely morning, on Philip McGleno, a.k.a. Mac O'Grady. <laughs> You've been texting me furiously as you come upon another new tidbit here or there you know there's there's just you said you might have more notes on on mac o'grady than ernie l so there's a lot a lot to chew on we we don't want you know these backed up against each other so we'll release that on monday this will be a shorter one on kind of the news and golf of the weekend that makes sense yeah i can't wait to give get us, into the mac o'grady give us a tease what's like one thing on o'grady you've sent me so much like you know we'll say it again for the spotlight but just folks you know, get wet their appetite a little bit. Oh, he's from LA. He's playing in that 80. 80- oh, come on. That's something more. I know. I'm, I'm getting or, there. Okay. I'm pl- he's right, playing the right. 86 LA open hometown event. At this point, he's refusing to speak to reporters. He just <laughs> runs away from them whenever, he, you know, you, he would, you would regularly sprint from shot to shot <laughs> on the golf course, but he would run away from reporters at this point. And, uh, yeah. someone reached him, uh, at the house he was staying at night, he uh, he was staying at a friend's home in Santa Monica, um, and he said, it, "Playing Riviera, it was like putting down a cobblestone road today. I had one putt of three feet for an eagle on the eleventh hole that had three divot marks between my ball and the hole. I might as well have had three walnuts in my line." Riviera is no longer the course it was when Hogan and Sneed were romancing about it, and it was one of the great courses. Since the Barranca is gone and the trees were neglected for years, and they have about 5,000 members, it's like a cheap public course. <laughs> Riviera once was once great, really great, but today it would make a good runway for LAX. <laughs> That's a good one. 
I have that in my notes as well. There so, are a lot uh, of quotes critical. Just to, just to tie a bow on this, in, in, in when he attempted a comeback in 1990, he was miffed that he didn't get a sponsor's exemption from the <laughs> LA Open at Riviera. And I, I just wonder why he might not have gotten one. Uh, that's good. That's, there's a lot of quotes, a lot of controversies. Obviously, a unique figure, played you know lefty righty, wanted to enter you know be an amateur, have amateur <laughs> status is from one side. There's just so we'll have a lot on that on Monday. But uh, uh, here's can I give you one one quote I found? Yeah. So you're early. If Bubba Watson, did you have this? No. So this is teaching. He was a teacher. Bubba Watson had to play with old equipment. He'd be caddying or shining shoes. Pretty aggressive after Bubba's like one of those unique figures, like Mac. You know, he's kind of a field player, right? Bubba, I know he's got the power. I just that's from a 2013 article. So he was teaching. It's like a 30 year run of just incendiary comments, <laughs> controversies, unique approach, style. So that'll be coming. Monday. He fit. He right. finished fifth. Is uh, we got to get it out of this. But one last note: in 2010 at the Senior Australian Open, he finished T fifth, and he played with wooden clubs from the 70s. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, so look for that Monday. We'll have you know, I suspect at least an hour on Mac O'Grady. Probably, All probably right. an hour, maybe more. <laughs> All right, results from the weekend. Christian Bezadenhout wins the Alfred Dunhill Championship at Leopard Creek in South Africa. Very emotional, excited. I think this was the site of his first win, uh, first appearance, first pro event maybe, or first event he played in uh, against the pros. Uh, he came back on Sunday with a 69, finished 14 under. A lot of elephant content. My kids were enthralled with the elephants that kept coming up on the screen. And uh, another good win. His second European Tour win, I believe. He's the one who went straight from the Masters to South Africa. He's the only one who, he beat, who he jumped beat, on he, the plane and got he, back on the Euro Tour. He beat Dick Bland. <laughs> he did. He did beat Dick Bland. <laughs> Richard Bland beat him by four. Uh, Run away. I'll tell you what. If we ever did a, uh, you know, who took a dump in Dubai? <laughs> yeah. She, Jaden Shaper and uh, and Adrian Marunk, prime can- yeah. prime can- candidate, seventy six <laughs> and seventy five on Sunday to to lose by four. I mean, isn't that Shaper like eighteen? I think he's like eighteen years yeah. old. Yeah, he's playing like Junior Presidents Cup or something recently. Uh, so and Marunk bidding to become first pole pole what Polak. I think that's a Polak. Yeah, that's right. First Polak to win on the uh, Euro Tour. You know, he played at awesome. East Tennessee State. Won five times at East Tennessee State. Straight from, I from Warsaw he, to wherever. Is wherever Poland East Eastern European? Is that considered East Europe? Yes, yes. I yes. bet he's probably inspired by the Bratislavan. All of his success in golf over Why? the years. Oh. Yeah, he's like six six. It's fascinating character. I mean, there's only like, there's like two dozen people in Poland to play golf. There's like thirty million people in the country, and like a couple dozen play golf. But yeah, maybe he'll uh, create a grow the game, you know, movement in Poland. So, you said your pa- uh, your your kids were enthralled by the animal content. 
I mean, it came on the screen. My wife looks up. I was like, oh, there's an elephant. Everybody, let's look at the elephants. Everybody starts looking at the elephants. Yeah, they got into it. That that was the highlight of our Sunday morning. So, hey, also before I don't I don't want to get too much into your personal life, but your kid just was murdering that turkey, inflatable turkey. Yeah, he's got. He did that to something yeah. else too. He did that to the yeah. We we got. <laughs> I forbid ever getting inflatables. It's just I think it's like a layup decoration. I think it's like people who do the inflatable thing probably love four sixty cc drivers. You know that whole like it's just like kind of a easy way out. But the kids have got hooked me into inflatables. We got Halloween inflatables. We got a turkey inflatable. Uh, and yeah, he just goes out and beats the sh- hell out of everyone. He I don't know. He's got a, he's got an anger problem. He's also a little bit of a character, but. Um, so Bazadenhout wins. That wasn't the, Mac, was it? Maybe he's no, following in the footsteps. No, Mac, no, no. That was Sean. <laughs> a little bit of a, yeah, nut job on his own. Okay. Uh, congrats. To, anything else on the, uh, the Leopard Creek Dunhill Championship? I hope this gets more pub, you know, in the coming years. Why? With this, with this murder. Okay. Prime animal, prime animal content. Figure this is a this is a layup for one of the, you know one of the key reasons, as a Twitter as a, one of our Twitter followers pointed out, maybe one yeah. of the key reasons that this uh, merger happened was to get the animal content from from Leopard Creek, in the yeah, you in got the far fold. more far flung corners of the globe, right? You know, you get the events in Thailand, you get the hippos maybe in South Africa, a lot a lot of animal content. Maybe that's why. Jay Monahan was drawn to this. You want to talk about this? We we did a Instagram live on Friday morning just for 10, 15 minutes and went after the news broke. But uh, you know, the PGA tour has entered into a strategic alliance with Keith Pelly's European tour. Uh, you know, the the kind of big pieces out of the release of it that was very light on specifics where Jay Monahan will have a seat on the board of the European tour. They took an ownership stake of some sort in the European tour media productions, uh, getting more of that animal content, as you referenced. So th- those were kind of, it's light on specifics, you know, presumably news dump there, there will be some sort of schedule, you know, consolidation or cooperation sounds like specifically in the Q4 area after the FedEx cup, Eamon Lynch had an article with some reporting saying it was. Indeed, a uh, a move to sort of head off PGL, uh, who had also been in talks, or the representatives have been in talks with the European Tour as a potential partner on that side. Um, that was sort of the the reading of it is like this is you know kind of a banding together to hold off the PGL, which you know the PGA Tour is operating from a much more powerful place than the European Tour, right? But yeah. they view the PGL as a serious threat. I think they're probably a little anxious about it, or were, or I think probably still are. And, and this is a way to strengthen themselves, allegedly. That that's the reading of it. So, yeah, I think I think the biggest win will be the scheduling component, the cooperation. Mm-hmm. I imagine that we'll see less, you know, sp- events going against each other that could split fields. It would be neat if they, you know, if with Rolex events, they started calling the tour events opposite field events those weeks, you know, and, and, but 
you're not going to get that's going to happen. No, you're not going to get those guys to go over there for, you know, unless they really want to, or unless maybe there's FedEx cup points online because that's what I know. That's what I'm worried about. Or you get courier cup updates, the Scottish open and things, Irish open places like that. It'd be amazing if they could unify those currencies, you know, race to Dubai (laughs) currency with the FedEx cup currency, with the corn Ferry currency, with the, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's becoming more and more apparent with the Canadian tour, the Latin American tour, the PGA tour of China, the tour wants to control all of competitive golf. The world. Yeah. yeah. It, it seems Except like they want the most important events, <laughs> which they can't and won't. Right. I mean, that's, but, <laughs> or the Ryder are, Cup. I mean, that's, they're getting their fingers in the Ryder cup with this. That's, I think that's kind of. You know, as someone who writes about golf and, you know, covers golf, that's one of the more interesting. There's all the business aspects behind the scenes and all that's going on with the PGL. And But the schedule is exciting. I have great fear, concern, um, curiosity around what, what kind of impact they would have on the Ryder Cup now. Right? I mean, can you say, like, you know... Any player, if you're number five in the FedEx Cup, you get on the European side team. Like, what, what kind of weight and pressure do they put on that whole process? The great thing about the Ryder Cup, and I would say since, I don't know, 2008, somewhere in there, maybe it's 2099, I guess. Like, the Ryder Cup is hot. It's like pitch perfect. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. There's nothing that needs to be fiddled with. You, better venues, you know, that's a quibble that's often brought up. But, like... As an event right now, it does not need to be messed with in any way. I I just I I it's so it's 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 maybe the most compelling exciting event in golf. Like you just don't touch it. And I'm very concerned about what the dynamic is now that the PGA Tour will get their hands on uh, in some indirect way, maybe direct down the line on this event. That that that's a slight concern or curiosity i have it seems like you're most concerned with the potential of paul casey sneaking onto the european team your favorite player he was he was on it last time <laughs> you see casey flip-flopper you know he did his yeah. grandstanding with saudi arabia his little you know pirouette and now he's he's going he's like oh I, i'm gonna take a pass on this one i have unicef on my bag i've you know take the moral high ground it's like oh two years later fast forward i'm going to saudi arabia my guy paul casey I saw um, some rumors not, maybe not that maybe appears. that this was PGL driven. Casey's wait, what the, the Casey commitment or what the are we Casey about? The, Casey flip flop yeah. all of a sudden warming up to Saudi money. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Maybe, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to, I don't want to I'm sorry. I forgot there. who tweeted something about that. I, it, and okay. I apologize. That's not my take. I just, I just want, it to be, I forgot exactly who tweeted it. I just, but I, I maybe it's a PGL. It might have been, it might have been Huggin. It might have been somebody. Okay. Uh, I can't remember where, but okay. Know. Uh, yeah. So I, I find the Ryder Cup thing. I'm, I'm curious to see how that will go. The schedule is really interesting. Are we pushing more towards a world tour? Does like I have a fear that the European tour really becomes sort of like a, a corn fairy feeder tour. Not, it might already be that like in, it kind in of is operation and not name, but that concerns me. Like when there are sort of premier Euro tour events opposite, like what are they going to tell? Like the 
I don't know, the whatever J- John Deere tour, Memorial or whatever, it, Rocket Mortgage, 3M Open, John Deere. Are you now sort of the second tier event for that week? How's that going to go? And what, and especially in, in Q4, you know, those, those events are going to get wiped out. Sanderson, RSM, I, I, I would think they're going to become sort of second tier to some premier European tour events, right? If they aren't already. I th- I mean, it would be really cool. There's potential where you could get more. This is could be a way that they break from their system that I'm not a big fan of at this point, and you could get more into a free-flowing system where, like, if you're the 64th best player, you're going to be in mm-hmm. the field, you know, regardless of wherever you want to play, right? And I think yeah. that could be a benefit long-term of this is maybe this helps them get out from their somewhat archaic system, you know, the system that was created and, you know, like it doesn't identify that, Hey, like the Will Zaltor situation from the, from this year would be a perfect example where you're, you're yep. playing in PGA tour events, you're a corn Ferry tour player, but you're the betting favorite. And, you know, by any, <laughs> any, you know, world rank, you're one of the best players in a field. You know, and you, yet you're not on the year. Maybe this is a way that they can get away from that. And it allows like Will Zalatoris to move from the Corn Ferry easily play in some Euro tour events that then quickly get him to the tour. Like that might be a neat benefactor of this. But that being said, I, I still, I don't necessarily think I, I'm not 100% sold. This is a good move by the PGA Tour. Like they just essentially yeah. bought a business, bought into a business that is does the exact same thing they do, but does it worse. They don't make as much money. They have like if you're a top player in Europe, you go and play in America, with the exception of a few Belgians. You know, like in Westie. Right. Like if you're really good, you go play for eight million dollars a week on the PGA Tour. So like I don't. Outside of control, I don't see, you know, outside of control and then, you know, the ability to expand some partnerships, I imagine, like, you know, a lot of the brands that sponsor the PGA Tour are concerned with, like, hey, do you have international offerings that we can spend more money on? This gives them more offerings to give them. But that being said, like, I I just don't, I don't see what taking on a bunch of, you know, a, a business that was not by any means growing and thriving like the PGA tour, uh, you know, taking on that business is a huge benefit when you could, you could have just done it yourself. Really? What do you mean? Just, just started making a global tour. I mean, they already have, they got the right. Asian swing. Like they, I mean, yeah. they're kind of like already we're doing, they're already encroaching. Like I just don't, I don't know. Well, well I, I don't, I, this isn't a move done. It seems like it's not, this isn't a merger or an investment done from like desire. I would say first and mm-hmm. foremost, it's done from the European tour is wounded and there's a threat in the PGL. And yeah. so they do it. And now's the time. And it is probably pretty cheap. And it's also just, you know, considered to be some sort of wall or additional fortification against the PGL. It's not like this was done out of like, Hey, this will be, I, I'm sure they thought that it, there, there are good reasons to do it, but they're also those sort of, uh, compelling you know outside influences so um, so th- this is where they should use the opportunity to make some tweaks to their competition 
you know, and what deems what a PGA Tour player is, because that would be a way for you with this to use it against the PGL um, in a way where the PGL is going to operate a different business, completely different product than what you're offering and they doubled down on their product so i don't think it really impacts the pgl that much this does not kill the pgl but yeah we still have people proclaiming it's dead it's done like they did one like these guys have spent like a decade allegedly you know working on this think about think about like if taxis heard about uber you know and they're like oh we got to stop uber so we're just gonna buy up a bunch of smaller taxi companies and we're going to stop we're going to stop Uber f- by doing this, you know? Yeah. That yeah. wouldn't wor- that doesn't work cuz Uber was just a completely different product, you know? Mm-hmm. And obviously also, people are going to say like Uber doesn't work, like what a- Uber is more successful than any taxi cab company is, you know? Has ever been. Sa- Saudi money in it, too. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of parallels there with your your um, <laughs> I yeah, I, I I think the PGL, the PGL doesn't have a product right it's it's on this paper it's tweeting like what are you thankful for golf or whatever that like <laughs> now they're pretty far along i would think they're they've done a lot a lot of years like from all our understanding is like they're kind of close to being ready to push the button like they've gotten pretty far and apparently that was why they were approaching the european tour they wanted some more of that infrastructure of just being able to you know event organization and things like that being able to just go um but yeah, it doesn't have a product. I, I understand. I, I appreciate your point, right? So the PGA Tour just doubled down on what they already have. The PGL is offering just something entirely different. Yeah, so it it has no bearing, I don't think, outside of like just the ability for the PGL to get upright quickly with the European Tour, and then yeah. you know change like gut it and change what they want to do. Like outside yeah. of that, it shouldn't really impact them. Like, what do you yep. really need to start a golf tour? Like, that's the other thing. You don't, like, need a lot. You need prize money. You know, you just need money. Yeah. It sounds like they have that. Yeah. Like, um, the barriers to entry into golf tour is not that you high. Members. You need to get, like, granted, you need the best players. But if you, if you start running really good tournaments, like, you're probably going to get better players. Like, that's just the way it works, right? Yep. If you, seem... if you open a restaurant and the food's really good, you're going to get people eating there. Yeah. Players seem excited about this alliance, the, notably the Euros. You know, Rory, Ian Poulter, very excited about this alliance. You know, I, I'm sure they always felt uncomfortable, you know, having to go back and forth or obviously being primary, primarily PGA Tour players. You know, I wonder like, if Rory was a uh, broker of the deal, if the Prince of Panavidra, you know, <laughs> formerly the Duke of uh, Wentworth. <laughs> You know, if that <laughs> does he have dual royalty, do you think, across the pond? Uh, he could. He could, although he's taken some shots at the European tour setups and all that in the last year or two. So uh all right, let's do an ad read Anything else on the alliance? I mean it's it's notable. We're moving the European tour was in a in a rough go, right? I mean that that's yeah, it, it's notable. it would be great if we had some sort of world tour, it'd be great if this provokes more innovation like you're talking about in terms of competitions and things that don't all look like 72 all stroke play events with the 75th guy and the FedEx cup going against the 130th guy, you know, that, that, that doesn't get it done. So yeah, if, if it provokes more innovation, then that's great. All right, let's do an ad read for weatherman, the weatherman umbrella. I, I use mine again. 
this weekend. We had a, it was warm, temperate, but rainy. I'll tell uh, I'll tell you what. So I, I um I never have had a, a umbrella in my car, but I got a a little one, one of the smaller ones. I don't know exactly what size it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I got that, and it, it it's like perfect. It's in my car. It was just pissing rain the other day, <laughs> and and I just popped it up. It was like I hadn't used it yet. It was wonderful. Yeah. And it, and the yeah. great thing is, it just it's just in my car all the time now. I never have to. So there's another reason to have you know an umbrella, not what just a golf umbrella. Last time, fire extinguisher and an umbrella. Everybody should have that. And look. They came to us and was like, umbrellas, I don't know. They sent one. I was like, this is the greatest thing, the greatest gift I've ever gotten. So if every golfer, you know, everybody's just doubling up. Do you need another, you know, you need more golf socks? What do you need? Like, I think an umbrella is like a unique lane. You can find it. So it's Golf Digest Editor's Choice Award for Best Umbrella the last three years. Listen. Tested in fi- 55 mile an hour winds. It's sturdy. It's like a, it's a heavy It was duty. designed by a weatherman. That's why it's called Weatherman. Like that's who you want designing your umbrella. What a fact! What an umbrella facts. Uh, I saw a friend of the program outside the cut bought one. He said we should become weatherman, uh, weather umbrella salesman if the podcast doesn't work out. He got the uh, Virginia Tech one. Yeah, he must be a Hokie. So they do have some college collection. Penn State finally got on the board. Hokies with the had win. a big they... win. Hokies had beat uh, Villanova college basketball. Last oh, night, hoops. Yeah, or two nights ago, get that done Wednesday. Yeah. We were texting about that, um, but they got Penn State, Alabama. They got teams, you know, all sorts of college collection. They got Arnold Palmer collection. Arnold Palmer, you know, maybe the coolest <laughs> looking umbrella in golf. Uh, they go sixty-two inches, sixty-eight inch canopy. They got the little color guys, like you talked about. If you're if you're and, a thick boy, go for the sixty-eight incher. If you're Bryson, really, Bryson you, probably has like, a sixty-eight inch. Umbrella. I feel like an alpha dad on the sideline of some of these kids' sporting events if you got the big golf umbrella. And it's just like a great walking stick, too, if you don't even have You know, you kind of strut down the sidelines. Um, all right. We have 20% off. Code is fried egg. All caps. 20% no off. No space. These are legit badass umbrellas. I, I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's the honest to God truth after getting one. Weathermanumbrella.com. So no... Weathermanumbrella.com. Fried egg is 20% off. All right. Other news. We did the strategic alliance. Other results, I guess. Match three. Champions for change. Phil Mickelson, Charles Barkley kind of wipe out Steph Curry and Peyton Manning. There were ample social media coverage of this on Friday. I was a little bit in and out, getting Christmas tree and things like that. A uh, lot, of, lot of talk about Barkley swaying. A lot of talk about Steph Curry not playing up to a plus one. I just don't understand how they were underdogs. The team with Phil Mickelson, Phil, you ever play with, you know, Phil's like when you go out and you're like seven years old and this guy's just, some, you know, a dad or a coach or somebody's just telling you like every single thing you got to do. He was, seemed to be getting obnoxious. Maybe Charles wanted him to do that, but it seemed like maybe at times he didn't. It was just like a little bit too much. Like, all right, man, leave me alone. I'm just going to hit the ball. Uh, it was, it was, Fine. It was a nice little bit of a candy, empty calorie match content on Friday after Thanksgiving. 
Yeah, I mean, for what this thing is. The course was ridiculous. The course was absurd. Awful. Absurd. Abomination of a golf course. I would have gone through a dozen golf balls, I think, if I played there. Just looking at it. It, it, That's how you make Curry and Peyton guys who are like legit, you know, pretty good golfers. They look like total schmucks. Because there's just like. It's on a lost ball. Yeah, yeah. It's well, a, anyways, it, it's right, so what? perfect that Phil just bought the course. I liked it so much that I bought it. <laughs> um, yeah, this, these things are fine. Like this is this is fine. It's enjoyable. It's different. You know, like there's definitely a market for this type of golf. Is it like the bare bones competition? Is it like watching you know uh, Michael Thompson come down the stretch and get it done? No. Yeah. <laughs> But it's exciting, and the other thing is it brings in a different fan. It, without a doubt, appeals to a different golfer. Like, I get texts from, like, people that I don't even know watch golf asking me what I think about it, you know? And yeah. and uh, I think the, you know, at the end of the day, Phil is a very good character for this. I think the fact that he was playing as a plus five and Curry was a plus one, four shots, yeah. it is like one of the, one of the 20 best golfers of all time versus a guy that is an NBA basketball player. Like, right. I think right. there's no way he's a plus five. Like if I like skinny Vinny, when I play with skinny Vinny, I need like at minimum six shots to even have a chance. I never, never really have a chance against him. And he's on the, he's not Phil Mickelson. Right. Right. You know, like it's just, it's insane that that was the case. And then, like, the format, like, alternate shot totally plays into, if you play real alternate shot, if you have a yeah. better player, the best player is at an advantage with the worst player because the worst player gets such a, you know, like, part of the reason you're 25 is because you hit bad shots yeah. and then you hit worse shots. Like, with alternate shot, that eliminates the worst shot. You know, like Phil isn't going to hit a worse shot after Barkley hits a bad shot. Like, and that's why 25s are 25s is they compound mistakes. I think there was a hole in there. that was a scramble, which is just like an auto win. Yeah. More or less for Phil. Um, So I, I, one thing I think I did like. The the other thing, 10 shots for Peyton Manning is actually more egregious than the Curry thing. Right. Go on. I think I I think I enjoyed and this isn't I don't know that you do this every time. I did enjoy sort of the this gets to what we were just talking about. The different sort of skill sets, like the spectrum of playing in one match, being able to relate or see or like this this fill this, you know, unique all time historic talent with Charles Barkley, who's, you know, a very high handicapper, not a good player, but there's there's something exciting and interesting when he can pull something off or he does lag putt it pretty well, or he lags putt it horribly. Right. That, that like, and then like the middle of the road, the, the very good, very, very good player in Steph Curry, how that matches up against, you know, <laughs> Who played a, a, very, very poorly. <laughs> he did not play well. And Peyton Manning, you know, a low handicap player who's, you know, fairly good at the club or wherever. I, I kind of enjoyed that spectrum and seeing that on display because there's, there's added drama to when they are able to pull it off, or maybe it goes horribly awry, and then there's obviously that standard of fill um, at the very top of it. So I don't know that you do that every time, but I thought that was kind of an interesting twist as opposed to, say, 
you know, the driving relief one where it's like Rory, DJ, Wolf, and Ricky kind of thing. The the suspense of Barkley hitting a shot is like amazing because you literally have no clue what's going to happen ever. And then Phil yeah. overclubbing him the first hole. <laughs> we got a lot of mentions about that. People lighten us up, but Phil. I used to do that all the time when I caddied. I'd tell people yeah. like 15 extra yards because it like. <laughs> You know, most like 25 handicaps, they never hit it as far as they think they're going to hit it. You know, it, yeah. it's like you just tell them extra yardage and you'll get them to hit right. the right club. But that, that right. was great. I, I think like in general, one of the, the things that worked really well, too, with this was uh, having Barkley and Steph and Igudala. Like those guys all are really comfortable with each other and ribbing each yeah. other, which works yeah. really well because like all of them speak, you know, basketball and like they have like that ba- basketball trash talk that they can take to, you know, the, the mm-hmm. golf course. And I think I thought that worked really well. Um, I think, it, I, I think thought... this is a good, I, I like these things and I'd like to see more of them around holidays. Like, and I think you could get, it's a really Nice little product. Yeah. I, is it is it sustainable, though? Like, Or is it just kind of like a five-year run and we do these and then it, they really lose their appeal? Because that's the whole thing. Like, oh, this is going to disrupt the whole uh, marketplace of professional golf or things like that. And that. They say that about the PGL. I was saw, I saw someone was tweeting about the Skins game. And, like, the last one, it was like just – it was like Fred Couples, Stephen Ames, Brett Wetterick. Well, and that, like Zach John, these things just kind of run their course. Same with Monday Night Golf. We've done, you know, David Duvall. We've done the spotlights on that. I, I like them. I just like what's sustainable, or does it even need to be sustainable? Just do it until it burns out. Kind of thing. I think the key is to have to create variety and not allow it to get stale in it in yeah. what you're doing. Like you need to, you know, do different formats, have different players have different voices in there when you get to the point where it becomes redundant it's like oh we're doing another one of these like you know there's only so much material for you know that they can run over every time so i think that's the key and and i think when it comes to like this is not going to disrupt professional golf this is this is a completely different product like this is this would be like saying top golf is going to eliminate the need for any golf course to exist it's like well it's it's still not the same thing (laughs) like it might lead to some golf courses closing but you know it's not going to end golf courses existences yeah and and yes getting more people interested in swinging a golf club at a golf ball is a good thing i think it does that like you alluded to because hey the regular PGA Tour fan is is old and dying off, or you know, it's it just getting more people involved is good. Uh, I yeah, would have liked. I think they got to just focus on personalities. That's the key, because mm-hmm. we saw like like what w- has worked and what hasn't worked. Like what's worked really well is big personalities that can carry. Because there's a lot of downtime. You have to have personalities that carry the the coverage, right? Yeah. I just, uh, yes, yes. That, that, I thought it wasn't going to work. It sounded hard at first. You know, they're bringing in Shaq and Kenny and Ernie, and they're remote. 
And then these guys are walking with headsets. It's like, God, this is going to be really hard. And it's like stilted, you know, and it worked by the end. They were like humming, right? They're all trash talking. It were at the start. I was like, Oh man, this is really hard to execute, but it, it did come off pretty well. The one thing, and I say this, you know, I realize I'm the very small hardcore golf fan corner. I would have just liked to seen a better course as a backdrop. I know the course is secondary, but like it just made it harder for the guys well, like yeah. Peyton and, and like if it's and it I don't was know, like Pebble a whole Beach a hole would be like over before it started, right? And, and you know we heard the word picturesque a lot. That was the word of the day. But like just do it. I don't know Pebble Beach. That's too expensive. Something like that where there's like an added layer to it, and maybe you know, or of course it's just not as penal to the guys that aren't tour players. Um, all right, good, good. You know it was fine. It was good, good event. Uh, I was entertained. Any other news? I have DJ is withdrawing from Mayakoba. Stunner. Stunner most, of a... Most predictable thing that's happened in 2020. <laughs> he's, you know, got tequila-soaked green jacket. He's not going to be able to make it down to uh, Mayakoba. I, I begrudge him nothing on that. Do you? I mean, he gave I, him uh, advance notice. I know I, we all hail... Jordan Spieth 2015 as being like this some ultimate gentleman for going to play Harbortown after he won the Masters, and that was great. I But, you know, I, I don't begrudge anyone if they back out of a tournament after winning the Masters. As a, If I put myself in that situation and I made something like, whatever, 20-plus million dollars uh, golfing the last six months, and yeah. I... Uh, I won my master's in November and given 2020 and all the shit like going down to Mexico, I might just say, you know what? I'm going to spend some time with my family and enjoy the holiday season. And I think yep. anybody that says they wouldn't do that, I'd, you know, I might be welcome to have a long conversation with you about it just to, <laughs> to understand the perspective. We'll get into more Mayakoba stuff on Wednesday. Anything else for this special Sunday episode? You good? No, I can't wait. We got a big week of podcasts. So this is you didn't you didn't know you needed uh, four or five episodes from the Shotgun Start, but you're getting them. We got Mac O'Grady. We got a U.S. Women's Open spotlight coming at some point this week, maybe weekend, and then U.S. Women's Open coverage next week, and then maybe year review. December rolls on. We're chugging along. So. Everyone look out for the Mac O'Grady spotlight. Thank you for your uh, continued support. Oh, Black Friday. We got the Black Friday Cyber Monday sale. That's continuing on the pro shop. Appreciate yeah. your support there. Do I need to add anything specific? 20%, 20% off. We got some sharp Everything. belts. We got all kinds of stuff. So Belts, head covers, hoodies are selling out a little bit. I think but, the hoodies, uh, the hoodies and, the, and the thick boy caps are pretty much gone. There's, there's some thick boy sizes in the hoodies left. Thick voice sizes. All right. Thank you guys for your support. Hope you guys had a great holiday weekend. And uh, we'll be back Monday with Mac O'Grady. Mm-hmm.